Welcome to Christian Natural Health with naturopathic Dr. Lauren DeVille. Christian Natural Health is the podcast on how to get and stay healthy God's way. You'll hear topics on nutrition, exercise, sleep, avoiding toxicity, meditating on scripture, what supplements to take, stress management, defeating anxiety and worry, how to reconcile Eastern medicine approaches with Christianity and a whole lot more. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lauren. Welcome back to another episode of Christian Natural Health. Today, I am very excited to have Dr. Greg Hammer with us. Dr. Hammer is a professor at Stanford University School of Medicine, pediatric intensive care physician, pediatric anesthesiologist, mindfulness expert, and the author of Gain Without Pain, the Happiness Handbook for Healthcare Professionals. A member of the Stanford WellMD Initiative, Dr. Hammer is currently the chair of the Physician Wellness Task Force for the California Society of Anesthesiologists. He has been a visiting professor and lecturer on wellness at institutions worldwide and teaches GAIN to medical students, residents, and fellows at Stanford. Dr. Hammer's clinical focus is in pediatric cardiac anesthesia and pediatric critical care medicine. His research is in developmental pharmacology and immunology, and he has an active laboratory with multiple ongoing studies in these areas. He has published widely on topics related to pharmacology and perioperative care of children undergoing cardiac and thoracic procedures, as well as organ transplantation. Dr. Hammer is a health enthusiast and meditator, utilizing a non-duality and mindfulness-based approach, including the GAIN method. Welcome, Dr. Hammer. Thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Lauren. Really nice to be with you. Yeah, thanks. So, all right. So what, your book talks about the concept of burnout. So can you first give us a definition of that? What is burnout all about? Burnout is a state of emotional and spiritual and physical fatigue related to chronic stress. Gotcha, and gotcha. life itself is stressful. So even when things in the world seem to be going as smoothly as they might ever, there's still a lot of stress in our lives. We struggle with many issues, as you well know. But I think of late, uh, things have really intensified and all of us have an increased stress level related to the pandemic. I think what's happening in Ukraine, uh, the economy and and several other issues that are weighing heavily on all of us. And so burnout related to that chronic stress has really caused a pandemic of of spiritual, emotional, and physical fatigue. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. So um, specifically, can you speak to burnout in the healthcare profession, since that's, you know, your area of expertise? What's that been like lately? I think there's always burnout in the healthcare sector among physicians, nurses, respiratory therapists, uh, others. Um, You know, it's a tough field. If you make a mistake, it can cost somebody their life. Um, So the work is stressful, although immensely rewarding, Uh, but there are always changes going on, you know, on the corporate side, uh, acquisitions and cutbacks and budgets being reevaluated and clinic space being inadequate due to growth. And so there are a lot of stressors, as there are in all walks of life, of course. But I think uh, in the last several years related to the pandemic, uh, that stress amongst healthcare workers has certainly increased substantially. Sure, absolutely. So um, the GAIN method that you share with uh, the students and fellows and everybody else, can you give us kind of a rough overview? What is that? Sure. GAIN is uh, an acronym for what I think are the four pillars of spiritual and general well-being, and they are gratitude, Mm -hmm. acceptance, intention, and non-judgment. So 
I teach and practice a, a form of meditation. It's a contemplative meditation. So I know it's hard for a lot of people to sit and empty their minds of all thoughts, which is what many are told they should do when they're meditating. Uh, and also sitting for a long period of time can be uncomfortable and very distracting. So this is really a three to five minute practice that I do every morning that I teach. And basically it just starts with getting in touch with the breath, appreciating the magic of the breath coming in through the nose and filling the chest. And then just without any effort at all, the exhalation. So we sort of focus on that as many forms of meditation do, and then go to that for which we're grateful. And despite the stress that we all experience, we have much for which to be grateful. We have Loved ones, uh, in my case, I always go to the work that I do. It's such a privilege to be able to help children and their families and you know my my general health, et cetera. And then acceptance is the next thing because pain is an inevitable part of life, as hopefully is joy. And there's a formula in the book, Lauren, which is suffering equals pain times resistance. Mm. So pain is there, but when we resist it, when we try to push it out of our minds, we intensify the suffering. Mm -hmm. And so the A in gain being acceptance, the idea is that we actually picture opening our hearts and letting the pain in and merging with it till there's no separation. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I grew up in a little town called Highland Park, Illinois, and it was the site of a mass shooting on the 4th of July. And it's just hard for me to imagine. And so that is something that I focused on the last few days because it's just extremely painful for me to imagine. And so that's just an example of the pain we all experience. Right. Um, the I is intention and we can talk about it if we have time, but the way our brains are wired probably related to evolutionary pressures. Mm -hmm. uh, there are a couple of ways our brains are wired that really make it difficult for us to be happy. We have a negativity bias we have a distraction with the past and future, but the fact is that happiness lives in the present moment. Right. So if we want to be in the present moment, be more positive, let go of this negativity bias, we have to do it intentionally or with purpose because the default mode for our minds is otherwise. It's to be negative and, and overly distracted by the past and future. Mm -hmm. And the end and gain is non-judgment. Mm -hmm. We're always making judgments of everything around us, most harshly ourselves. And uh, so with this negativity bias and distraction with the past and future, we're focused on ourselves. We judge ourselves very harshly. Um, we judge things we did or said in the past and feel shame or regret. We worry too much about the future and generate fear and anxiety. So the idea behind non-judgment is just very simply just to see the world and ourselves for exactly what they and we are and drop the good, bad, and, and other judgments. Then we simply return to the breath. Then we open our eyes and we're ready to go out in the world and refer to these four principles throughout the day. So when you're first teaching somebody the gain method, what do you find to be the most difficult thing for people to learn or the, the hurdle that they get over in order to actually move into that? I think if I'm if I'm sitting with somebody, there really are no hurdles because it's so simple. Right. Um, I think the main hurdles, as you can well imagine, and as you well know, are just to get people to do the practice. <laughs> yeah. Just to sure. do it. Thinking it is one thing, doing it is another. 
And that's why I made it a three to five minute practice. So it's hard to make excuses for not taking three minutes in the morning. And after we open the blinds and do our morning hygiene thing, finding a quiet place to sit, closing our eyes, doing the practice, Mm -hmm. opening our eyes, getting up and going about our day. If that only takes three or four minutes, of course, we just need to sit and do it. Sure. Absolutely. And do you find that there are times if like your mind, your monkey mind kind of takes over and you start kind of overthinking, is it necessary to sometimes implement that multiple times a day? If you can find the time, I assume. Well, I, we have the time, what could be more important than happiness. So this practice is targeted to happiness. Mm -hmm. So the fact is, you know, I'm walking down the hallway, going to a meeting. Mm -hmm. I just think of gratitude. I think of how grateful I am to be in that place in that moment, going to sit with these wonderful people who have like-minded ideas and, and, and intentions to help others. Mm -hmm. Um, Or I find that I'm uh, on my bicycle riding to work and it's easy to think of non-judgment. I'm passing somebody and as I'm approaching them from the back, I, see they have buds in their ears and they're looking at their screen and I start to make judgments about mm-hmm. why are they doing this in this beautiful place with all these lovely trees and so on. And then I realize I'm doing it and I just drop the judgment. So then I focus on non-judgment for 30 minutes, 30 seconds or, or a minute. Mm-hmm. So yes, this is something that by doing it first thing in the morning and making it a habit, it starts to rewire our, our brains. Mm-hmm. So we more automatically just reference these gain principles at all moments during, you know, at all times, at any time during the day. And, and that's the magic. It's the simplicity of these, of these principles. Mm-hmm. You can just go straight back to that place and just kind of be aware of what you're thinking about instead of thinking that your thoughts are you essentially like that, that intention and awareness. Beautifully put. Yeah. So um, tell me how exercise fits into all of this. Is that one of the, the principles that you, you teach as well? Well, it's, in the, it's a chapter in the book, um, in my first book. And uh, it's true that sleep, exercise, and nutrition really form the three components or the tripod on which our physical well-being rests. So um, we have to focus on sleep, exercise, and nutrition with the eye and gain, which is intention. Mm -hmm. So we need to form good sleep hygiene habits. Mm -hmm. We need to focus on our diet, maybe have more of a plant-based diet, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And with regard to exercise, yes, we need to have a plan. um, But exercise is a great stress reliever. As we all know, it generates endorphins. It makes us feel good about our bodies, Mm -hmm. uh, makes us, can make us feel more present So even just a a vigorous walk around the block uh, a couple of times as a break during our Zoom infested day Mm -hmm. uh, can really relieve stress, get us outside, make us feel better about our bodies. And I think the more we do to feel good about our bodies, the more we want to do good for our bodies. And this helps let go of stress. And I think it's a it can be kind of a self-propagating cycle of goodness. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. And exercise has long-term benefits as well on our cardiovascular system, our immune system, our hormone system. Mm-hmm. Uh, exercise helps our sleep. Mm-hmm. And when we sleep well, we're more present, we're more optimistic, 
-hmm. We're less likely to pick up a sugary or fatty so-called comfort food during the day to get that boost because we're not so fatigued. Mm -hmm. So again, it's all kind of self-propagating once we get in the groove. Sure. Like the, that's the concept of habit stacking, right? Essentially where like you start to do one good thing for yourself and it perpetuates your ability to make other good decisions. Absolutely. Because, you know, so much, uh, so many things contribute to our Mm self-esteem so that our habits can uh, contribute negatively Mm -hmm. or positively. They can make us feel better about ourselves. And I think as you suggested, the better we feel about ourselves, the more we feel like doing things that are good for ourselves. Sure. Yeah. So again, kind of getting in the groove, habit stacking, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, starting to get things on a positive self-propagating path. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody is not used to exercise, where would you encourage them to start? I think walking is a great place to start. Mm-hmm. So just put on some comfortable shoes, go outside and walk around the block. There's mm-hmm. so many benefits to that. You, you know, you find yourself in nature amidst the trees and so on, regardless of where you live. If you're, even if you're in a city, you, you know, you'll encounter trees, hopefully some grass, mm-hmm. flowers, you'll hear birds chirping. Mm-hmm. Um, you might run into some neighbors and start to, you know, form some closeness with the with the people that live near you, you sure. know, it's amazing how many wonderful conversations I have with people just walking around the block or putting out the recycling bins. And there's my neighbor doing the same. And we find that even if we're on the opposite side of the street, we're having a conversation, we're getting in touch with each other. And that sort of communion is part of being outside and walking. And so that's a great place to start. And, and I think as people get out and start walking, if, if they've been very sedentary, They'll feel better. Yep. They'll walk a little more. Maybe they'll walk walk a little more briskly. Mm-hmm. And maybe they'll say, well, I should get that bicycle out. You know, I, maybe I'll ride around the block or go a little bit further. And mm-hmm. so hopefully one thing leads to another and, and goodness begets goodness once again. Yeah, absolutely. And so you also alluded to the sleep hygiene concept. So what do you recommend for those things specifically? Well, there are a number of bullet points, I would say. One is be mindful of things that keep us from sleeping well. Mm-hmm. Caffeine. Caffeine has a very long half-life. That means that when you have that cup or mug of coffee at eight o'clock in the morning, half of the caffeine that's in that cup of coffee is still in your body five or six hours later. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have another cup of coffee at two o'clock in the afternoon, Half of that caffeine is with you at eight o'clock in the evening, and um, almost a third of it is still with you at 10 o'clock at night when you want to go to bed. If you're sensitive to caffeine like I am, Mm -hmm. uh, that may keep you up. So I stopped having that cup of coffee after lunch. Mm -hmm. Um, Alcohol, very similar. If you have alcohol, I think a glass of wine at dinner, if you're not eating too late, is harmless and may even be good for you. Mm -hmm. But Alcohol disrupts our sleep. Alcohol, like anesthetic drugs, mm-hmm. uh, may help you fall asleep, but your sleep cycles are disrupted by alcohol. So avoid alcohol proximate to the time of bed. Mm-hmm. Screen time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your bed is for two things, and neither of them are looking at a screen. Right. And so uh, try to cut down on that screen time. And so there are a number of other things related to sleep hygiene, but uh, create that comfortable space for yourself. Try to 
cool the room down if you can, open the windows or whatever you need to do. Um, there are a lot of elements and they're all fairly intuitive. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And um, diet, of course, is very intuitive as well. For most people, I think it's just a matter of just doing it, eating whole foods that are unprocessed, right? Any other particulars that you like to, to hammer in on? Um, I think, you know, again, sleep, exercise and nutrition, nutrition being our diet, I think more of a plant based diet, um, you know, cutting back on meat, I think that occasional consumption of beef or pork is not harmful. But if it's excessive, if it's frequent, right. it's not good for our cardiovascular system. And otherwise, um, make mealtimes relatively regular. Um, avoid eating just before bedtime. Um, you know, again, focus on natural foods that are that are minimally processed, if at all. Sure. Um, fruits, vegetables, again, all intuitive, as, as we know, Lauren, it's a matter of doing it. Right, exactly. For the vast majority of us, that's the problem for sure. So um, back to the concept of burnout, you alluded to the Zoom culture. So a lot of people are working from home now. So how would you advise them to start trying to differentiate their work life from their home life and try to, to incorporate mindfulness and stress management in that situation? Sure. Great question. Well, I would recommend starting with the brief gain practice in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then take frequent breaks and go outside, mm-hmm. um, you know, go for a walk around the block, yeah. talk to a neighbor, mm-hmm. listen to the birds, you know, try to focus on the, on the present moment as you're walking. Yeah. Um, I think having a regular sleep time, having a regular wait time, having regular meal times, mm-hmm. getting outside, fairly simple stuff. But I think actually, if we do those things, we'll find that uh, it's not so bad avoiding the commute and being at home. Sure. Yeah. So it sounds like the scheduling aspect is important in the sense, like just as if you were going into the office, still create that regular schedule so that you can maintain that pattern. I think so. Yes, absolutely. Great. Yeah. So is there anything I have not asked you that you want to make sure that you leave with our audience? Well, I would like to leave people with a very optimistic sentiment that uh, although our default mode of thinking may include elements that are that interfere with our happiness to some degree, our negativity bias, our overthinking of the past and the future. Mm-hmm. The solution to that is very simple. Mm-hmm. And we learn in small increments with repetition. Mm-hmm. So don't expect huge changes, but by changing the way we think and the way we behave little by little, Mm-hmm. After several months, we'll look back and appreciate how much progress we've made. Mm-hmm. So just start with that very simple gain morning contemplation and, and the rest will kind of fall into place. See what flows from there. Yeah, awesome. So where can people go to learn more about you? They can go to my website, greghammermd.com, G-R-E-G-H-A-M-M-E-R-M-D.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of media there, a lot of hopefully helpful ideas and uh, a link to my book as well. Fantastic. I'll include that in the show notes. And thank you so much for your time and your expertise, Dr. Hammer. Really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure, Lauren, at any time. Are you looking for a holistically minded healthcare practitioner who truly treats root cause rather than symptom suppression? 
Unfortunately, even in the alternative healing professions, this isn't a given. That's why I've created wholehealthdoctor.com, a resource to help connect patients to healthcare practitioners in their area who share a root cause philosophy. Alternatively, most of the practitioners listed also practice telehealth. So if there isn't anyone local to you, you can still find a great practitioner to help you regain optimal health. Go to wholehealthdoctor.com. That's whole healthdr.com, type in your location or just the specialty that you're looking for and find the practitioner who's right for you. Thanks for listening to Christian Natural Health. This show is run by you. So please write in with topic and guest suggestions for future shows. For more great content, subscribe to Dr. Lauren's blog at www.drlaurendeville.com or follow her on Facebook or Twitter. At Dr. Lauren DeVille. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to share it with your friends and give us a five star rating in iTunes. It really helps us to stand out so other people can discover great content as well. Have a great week and God bless you. Dedicating time each day to spend feeding our minds and our hearts the truth of God's Word is immensely helpful in our growth as followers of Christ. I'm John Stonge, and each day I host a show called Daily Devotions with Pastor John. On the show, I spend just a few minutes taking an applicational look at one or two verses of Scripture before coming to the Lord in prayer. If you'd like to make a habit of spending more time meditating on the truth of God's Word, You can listen to Daily Devotions with Pastor John at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.